Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> we have another guest. It's me. That's right. And who are you? <laughs> my name is Kellum James. Oh, beautiful. And my pronouns are they, them. <gasps> okay, tell us more. Tell us more. We want more. You want more? Yeah, okay. We want more. Give yeah. us more. Um, okay, I am an Enneagram 8. Ooh! Otherwise known as the Challenger, which for those of you out there in the airwaves who know me is not a shock. Um, I am a Taurus, which is also not a shock. Um, I am queer, trans, non-binary, and everything else I'm still kind of figuring out. Yeah. As are we all. Aren't we all? <laughs> um, the best way to explain my gender expression is a tucked drag queen. Ooh! I... I love this. All right. Thank you. Thank Yo, you. This is wonderful. Okay, welcome. Thank you so <laughs> much for being here. All Thank you. The description and I'm I'm here for. It. I wish everyone would just should we just make it mandatory that people tell their enneagrams cuz it's really bizarre that you brought that up because I was just talking about it with someone yesterday. <laughs> it's so telling. I made my entire team at work do it and it has been so helpful for us to better understand like if you're having a bad day this is how you're going to react and yeah I mean we're all friends too so it it definitely helps because you're and of course working from home online all the time it's like are they not returning my email because they're angry or is it just because they're busy it's like calm down and usually that's me because I'm an overthinker so yeah I never noticed like because well we all know Jillian Jillian was really into the Enneagram thing when she was working at Sage and so she was showing me like what that it's yeah okay there's the basic definition of what you are but then you can actually look at like when you're in a healthy mindset when you're not in a healthy mindset and then when you're kind of like overly happy to like compensate and like those things and like what kind of happens with those things it was just Mm -hmm. really cool and I didn't even think of of how in depth it went but I'm I love it yeah it's great to know especially if you're someone who's like self-aware and wants to be aware of others like experiences in your journey of life it's like so good to be like okay if I act this way and I'm in a healthy place this person who I'm really close to is gonna react this way because it might bring them to an unhealthy place and it's like oh this is how I better manage my relationships because that's apparently all life is okay can we talk about that for a second yeah I want to know how you feel about this I have been working on this thing Okay. And by, I have been working on this thing. I mean, probably everybody thinks about it is that (laughs) I actually think that queer people are like way more self-aware and way more aware of others than like almost like anyone else, to be honest. I just, I really think that queerness, like you're just kind of like self-aware and you're like, um, I don't fit in here. What the fuck? You know what I mean? All the self-reflection you have to do to kind of figure out who you are. Whereas Mm -hmm. like, oh, I don't fit in the default. So what the fuck is going on? The best way that I've had some of my friends here in Toronto explain it, especially those of them who like have come from like smaller, like very rural towns that are not like even smaller than Barrie and or what Barrie used to be at least, um, is like you have to, it's like queer policing. Is like, how do I act? How do, how do I react? How do I interact with people? 
if I walk this way, if I talk this way, if I look at this shirt in the woman's section too long, if I look at this woman's nails too long, if I compliment someone's jewelry, what does that mean? If I, but if I tell one of my basketball bros that they had a sweet layup, does that negate the fact that I also checked out their ass? Yeah. It's like, I'm 100% here for this. Okay, that's, oh my God, this yeah. is just, re- it's revolutionary. I mean, it's not revolutionary. It's like, <laughs> but it's also like- All the pieces are falling into place. Yes, it just feels like, okay, we have been like policing ourselves this whole time because we don't fit into the regular structures that are supposed to be there. And so we are afraid to not fit into those structures because we're kind of like, okay, well, if I act this way, I might mm-hmm. get hurt. And I don't want to get fucking hurt today. And I think it is revolutionary because it's taken- our community so long to be able to speak openly about it. Okay. Yep. 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 So yep. I think, I think that's pretty fucking revolutionary. Also, can I swear? Yes. Yeah. Okay. We have a I little mean, explicit sign yeah. on our podcast. No, but you know what I was just thinking in, in regards to all that is that like, I guess, zillennial or millennials, I would um, like, that would be like a policing yourself would be very common. I imagine it's still a thing for Gen Z's. But I feel like it won't be quite the same for them because they are getting the opportunity to be more themselves than the rest of us were. So, like, isn't it kind of interesting to think that, like, this is, our, like, our experiences. And even then, like, I was a big old dumbass and never really looked into that part of myself. It's just kind of like Jenna Marbles. I said it in the bisexual one. I was like, Jenna Marbles, girl crush. That's what it is. Right? And then... <laughs> And then one day it hit me and I was like, okay, cool. Like, that's fine. But I also like, my parents were also very Mm. open people who shared relationships together and whatever. So it was a much more open place to be. But like, I just imagine for Gen Zs, we're sitting here and we're being like, oh, like lots of self-reflection, not saying it's not happening for them, but like, it's kind of interesting to see how different it's going to be for them in comparison to the way it was for us. Yeah. And I think like, even in the amount of information that is available for Mm -hmm. them, I mean, they can pull out their personal computer and be like, what does this mean? Yeah. Whereas like nine and a half year old Kel had to go and like look for books in the church library. Cause that's the only place I was allowed to go by myself. And the only thing I found was that homosexuality was going to send me to the fiery pits of hell. Yeah. And it's not like it's, um, Oh, it's that also there's a lot more queer people in pop culture now and it's Mm. more it's becoming like more acceptable. You can now see people that you can resonate with Mm. all all over the internet where before I think I think Tyler Oakley I can definitely (sighs) name obviously yes and then like I, I do remember watching RuPaul's Drag Race when I was younger but it it was only on that one channel. Mm. What was that channel? I don't know OTV. Yeah, I think it might have been something like that. And that was kind of, I don't really think there was anyone else that was like super. Or Logo? Steven and Chris. Steven and Chris were my two. Yeah. 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 And I was allowed to watch it because they actually taught you things (laughs) versus Ellen DeGeneres was not allowed in my house because there's nothing you could learn from her shows. Except for how to be gay. Yeah, obviously. (laughs) Duh, that's what happened. Yeah. Grandma, you were right. But like, it's so interesting because like we, we see it everywhere and yet there is still so much ignorance 
and so much like ridiculous conversation that has to happen around how do I say this just being your fucking self yeah yeah like I mean I'm pretty unapologetic as a human but when it comes to like my transness and my queerness that has been something that has been such a struggle to live openly and even like I've I've been out as trans for two years ish and I've been in the city for three and that first year that I was in the city I remember the first time I introduced myself to my new colleagues and I was like if it's okay if it's not too hard I'd really like you to use they them pronouns and they were like okay cool and I was like but only if only, only if it's okay and I would, I didn't correct anyone for like the first three months. And I had other staff members who would like go and correct each other on it. And then I don't know what flipped the switch, but eventually I was like, <clears throat> it's they, them. I won't answer otherwise. Partially, I think because I realized what a place of privilege I came into because I am a white skinned settler who lives on this land and I have a home to come home to. I have a partner, I have a roof, I have a job. I have something to fall back on. So I think that was like the thing, especially was realizing that like I had people to be like, oh, hey, you got the pronouns wrong. But even being ballsy enough to be like, hey, this is something that I align with. I think Gen Z is going to have a lot easier time putting up their hand and being like, hey, that looks like me or that, that they're talking and it feels like me. And I think that's something that I'm not envious of, but like, I definitely know that like, they're definitely going to have an easier time seeing themselves in places besides the mirror. Yeah. And also like, there's so many teachers I see on TikTok and I know it's so easy on TikTok because it's (gasps) catered to you and what you see. I imagine if I was a much different person, I'd be seeing a whole different array of things, but at least in terms of what I see on my free page is that there are teachers who are now asking the kids what -hmm. they want to be called, what their pronouns are. Like that is so refreshing to see. And like, they're also kind of removing like the competitiveness that they've kind of implemented in classrooms. And like, it's just so cool to see it unfold before your eyes when you realize that like, we had to do all these things in school and we had to do all these things to figure ourselves out. And now like, there's just a little bit more opportunity for people to have it just, just a little bit easier for the most part, in discovering themselves. And I think that's, it's really cool, but it's a little bittersweet because I know for some, like having to go through all of the things that they did to figure out who they were and find a safe space for themselves, they can be like tough, you know? Like, oh, what if I was only like a bit younger and I could have you know, had this better environment to thrive in, but. Well, speaking yeah. of like a better environment, what... what makes a better environment so like okay so sometimes when we are growing up it's not only our like social situations that are kind of well it's our social situation okay that is influencing what we are kind of like experiencing and seeing about the world and so sometimes that can be tough for queer people because our families may not be the most like the people that we are born into the people like by just by birth lottery we are born into these people that don't really understand what's going on um and so that kind of leads us into what exactly is a chosen family 
y'all want me to take this yeah, yeah okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> just just go um I think for me a chosen family is people that a you choose but also who choose you um I have a very difficult relationship with my with the family that I was raised in um they are my birth family they are my biological family but I know that that's not always the case for people who are raised in a family household and so I want to be aware of that but for me my family didn't always choose me and so that was that was already tough and so to have people in my life now who I choose and they choose me and it's a reciprocal relationship of this like they're my hype people they encourage me they call me on my bullshit they keep me accountable they celebrate me um and most of all, they affirm me. And I think that's something that, I mean, we just, we all need a little bit more love in this world, especially in like month 900 of this panoramic, but <laughs> definitely for our queer family, like our queer and trans folks, like they need someone who's going to say, you're the fucking bee's knees and I'm going to love and support you. And I'm going to make you a cup of tea and listen I think that's the most English thing I could ever say for that. But, but, but to me, that's, that's what it is. It's, it's very much that notion of like, let me make you a hot cup of tea and let me listen. Back to it. <laughs> Back in it. So the thing that I wanted to say is thank you. Number one for checking. Um, because I did say birth family. I did or not birth family, but I didn't think I honestly, I didn't even think about how people get forced into situations because of foster and adoption. And mm-hmm. so and that's a, because of my, you know, viewpoint on life. And by viewpoint, I mean, like, you know, perspective and the ways that I've lived this earth. My natural inclination is to understand it as though you've been birthed into what you can't choose. But you obviously can't choose your situation if you are a child, like regardless, you just kind of can't. And so that's interesting. And so um, thank you for sharing your um, definition of a chosen family. The thing is, we're having a tough time because, and I think we said this in a prior podcast, it's not, we, yes, we have like a chosen family in a sense, but we also don't know exactly what it would feel like to not mm. feel a part of your family. Like I've had pieces of that, yeah. But I haven't actually had my entire thing be centered around that, you know. And I think Chris can advocate for that, like say that for himself too, where it's like, yeah, I understand it, but I can't say I do completely because we haven't faced that sort of experience. So for us, yeah, we want to talk about chosen family. I just feel like we can't adequately say it because we that we have the option of both do you know what I mean yeah absolutely and I think like I mean a recognition of that blessing and privilege is like so important because I think like I said my my relationship with my family is it's so hot and cold it I mean realistically it's not healthy let's just throw it out there it's not really healthy but my family and I like our relationship is I viewed it the same way that I view people living a Christian faith these days they pick and choose what they want to hear and what they want to know about and they leave everything else for someone else to read 
that's the best way I can describe it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, learning about this notion of chosen family, I, I learned about it after I realized I had one. And I mean, like, it's kind of wonderful that it's coming full circle because you two are actually like, you were what, like you both were like the original members of like when, when I, I first, <laughs> yeah. Um, like when I first moved back to Barrie and I was in that really shitty relationship for six months and Chris, I must've, I don't know how many times I stayed on your couch and Sam, I don't know how many times I stayed at you at your folks place, but like both of you opened your doors to me. Chris, your family has always treated me like family ever since that one car trip to Kingston. Yeah. We're all family now, That's right. but it, it kind of happened without me knowing. And then when that really toxic relationship ended and, you know, we, we've both come to peace with it. We're both in a place where we're much healthier and, you know, you realize that, you know, for me coming out, I came out because I was a relationship. And so when that relationship ended, my family expected me to go back to dating men. And so when I didn't, they were like, Oh, we got to think about this. I was like, thinking about, think about what I I haven't changed. I'm not different, but for so many people, when they, when their family says, Oh, we've got to think about it. That's like the last things that they could hear. And so, you know, my family hasn't cut me off. My family hasn't said, you know, F you, we don't want to hear from you. Instead, they say, we're praying for you. And we hope that one day you'll turn from your ways. Basically, they love my partner. They love our fur child. And they're happy that I'm doing well professionally and that I can provide for myself. But that's the extent of what they want to know about my life. They don't want to know about my future plans. They don't want to know about, you know, my queer discoveries, my self-discoveries. Um, I changed my name legally just over a year ago. Yes, small <laughs> claps, because that system is totally messed up in this country. Yes. Um, I mean, it's easier than some, but like, I have the utmost privilege and it still took three months for me to do it. So, and that was before the panorama. So (laughs) who knows what's going to happen afterwards. Um, And when I told my, like my chosen family, my people here in Toronto, my people in Barrie, England, Kingston, all over the place. And I said, this is my name. They said, that makes so much sense. We're so proud of you. We will mess up, but we will try. And the difference between that and my actual family was huge because my actual family still calls me my dead name, still uses she, her pronouns, um, goes to as like, goes so far as to use both my, like both of my first names um, that they gave me at birth, which is even more dysphoric and like jarring when I hear them. So that's the difference between I mean, again, I have a great sense of privilege in the fact that I still talk to my family and they still check up on me every Sunday, usually to ask me if I went to church or not. It's a panoramic. <laughs> but I'm not going to goddamn church right now. No one's going to goddamn church. Nutso. I'm just. <laughs> so, so that's that's like the 
it's not Cole's notes because I ramble, but yeah. Honey, we all ramble. Rambling is beautiful. That's the entire podcast. If <laughs> That's it. Mike done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah uh, that's like that I find like that's the hardest part of doing this podcast sometimes it's like there's things that we want to talk about but it's just like and like I'm sorry it was referenced the bisexual episode but I think like being able to talk with Carling who like kind of resonates with a lot more of like the things that I've gone through I was like sitting there and I was like it's it's hard because even with the both of you I'm like my experience is nowhere near as as difficult and the thing is is because i haven't i've i have a fucking hetero looking ass relationship i didn't have to you know go well like it wasn't like i wasn't going back and forth all this time about who i was but it was like it, it was it's just so different and i feel like i can't speak on these things because i didn't have to go through some of the trauma other people have and I know it's a huge privilege and it's I'm very very lucky and I know that but sometimes I feel like a dirtbag because I am like we've created this platform and then here I am being like yeah these are all the difficulties and I've only faced like maybe two like and you feel like an asshole which is you know how it can be sometimes but like it's nice that we are bringing more people on here to kind of talk about like their experiences because it, it opens up the doors to like how everyone interprets everything so differently within the community itself and the varying levels of like how <clears throat> your journey was. But yeah, I think I, it's special that we were part of your little chosen family in the beginning. I do too. Honestly, that actually makes me really happy. David's tea was a fucking magical place. I will tell you that for free. You like know. what a place. Really? Like that was our chosen family for like a good two years. Like we had a beautiful little family and we did choose each other. Like it was such, it was lovely. And we all were different. Like we were from different walks of life. We supported each other. We didn't like, if something were like was happening, we were like, um, no, you can't do that. Like I remember the person who was like religious that kept coming in and was like, oh, being gay is a sin. We were all like, okay, you don't come in here then. <laughs> all these tea will make you gay yes yeah. we just discussed the time that they came in and then got me all right this is before ford was elected got me all riled up about pro-choice and jillian was the only one in the store and it was dead and i was like get the fuck out of my store and they were like what like we can still be friends i was like we're not fucking friends get the fuck out of the fucking store and i was like I have never been so angry like that in public in like my pre-adult life and my adult life. Like, I think that's the angriest I've ever been. I had to like walk into the back of the store. I was like, my blood was like pumping and now they work at the mall again and I have to see their stupid face. <laughs> and I'm like, I still want to key your car, but I won't because security cameras. That's right. You know what? They actually don't work because someone hit our car during a, <laughs> and they were like yeah actually our cameras don't work and i was like it's okay we know who did it but we didn't get their license plate number so it's fine <laughs> so we're dismissing the wheel well on the one side of the matrix you know what's interesting though i think um like i've been saying it recently and i don't think i connected it to being queer but i think that 
it actually has a lot to do with being queer and like being able to choose the people that are around you. And I've been saying a lot, like I curate, like I very much curate the people that are around me. I don't let people in that aren't going to be good for me. And if they are let in and I find out that they're not good for me, it does not take long for me to figure out that they need to get the hell out. And Mm -hmm. so I really think that, um, but I didn't really consider it as being something that was queer. I was just thinking that it was something that was like, uh, okay, this is just a part of myself because to be honest, I've had family members where um, I've cut them off, but it's for different reasons. It's not because they didn't accept me. They absolutely accepted me, but those people were like, no, you can't be in my life or like Mm. for other reasons or like um, someone who I, I kind of figured probably wouldn't necessarily accept me maybe cut him off before I figured but maybe that wasn't necessarily but I give him a lot of chances we won't get into that (laughs) but like I think that that I really it really does have something to do with it like I think that me being queer is almost like you kind of come into any relationship being aware of like flags coming up like things like popping up that you're like oh well that's not gonna work I think that you just are are like I'm not saying I'm not gonna say like a better judge of like people but like you can immediately know whether or not they're going to vibe with you and affirm who you are yeah Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the time you're like constantly trying to locate safe spaces and you're trying to locate safe people so you're careful about who you're letting in that inner circle and that's why you're so like that's why we look at it and we're like who who can we have around us it's going to you know be there for us in a time of need whether that be like something happening in public where someone's doing something that like you know like dead naming or something like that they'll stand their ground for you or if they're gonna like oh accept that one part of you but not the whole thing it's like you you want to weed those people out because you don't want to put yourself through all that trauma again put yourself in that place where it's like why do I feel like I'm regressing to this point in my life that I don't want to be back in like you don't want to go back in time yeah I think there's such a hyper vigilance around safety and around not just like who makes me safe but like how do I get safe and so if there's people like actual physical people around you who here can help me feel safe if x y or z happens and I think I mean it's a beautiful analogy that belongs to you know a lovely organization here in Toronto called Friends of Ruby that like every youth is this beautiful ruby that has different you know sides to them and I think it's so interesting because we had a speaker um when I was in university who was like you know the more everyone starts out the same in the universe before we all breathe our first breath we all start the same we're four-sided we're diamonds and then as life goes on we start to develop different characteristics and different patterns emerge on our surface and that's how people go from being diamonds to rubies to emeralds to whatever but everyone's a gem and I think it's so interesting to be like but we all have these hard pointy sharp surfaces and we can hurt each other if we hit the fleshy bits and that's the hardest thing about being human is that we have these I mean I'm I can be tough around the edges when I need to be but like, I am the biggest fucking teddy bear and I'm so emotional. And like the two of you know that. So it's like <laughs> people who learn that about me are shocked for the first like two minutes and then they get over it and they're like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. You're really just like a teddy bear. But like, 
making sure that you keep those edges protected and you keep those fleshy bits protected, that's what having a chosen family is. It's someone to watch. You can watch each other's fleshy bits, Aww. which is the funniest thing I've ever said. I really like that, though. <laughs> I am gonna watch both of your fleshy bits like it's nobody's business okay oh my gosh I've been I am watching on your those fleshy, fleshy bits, bits. <laughs> <laughs> I have been looking right at your fleshy bits since 2016 okay stop that was that long ago yeah it was that long ago it was that long it was five years ago okay we're going there y'all have known me that long yes Fuck. that's right that's oh, unfortunate four years four Oh, 2017 sorry. Right. For me. right. Oh, right, 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 right. We had that fun little, like, you know, that university shim education. That's right. It's so bizarre to think that it's been that, like, long because it's honestly felt like a blink of an eye. Oh, my God. Right? Has it ever? Oh, my God. Speaking, yet? We Do you remember? Okay. So I just want to talk about this for a second just because I like to talk about myself and I love to talk about my little chosen family um but the major reason okay so Kellum, you brought this up you said remember that road trip we went on what were we going for we were going for my university graduation which was hilarious because it turns out i had been taking english classes with christopher's sister for two years without even knowing it we were graduating on the same freaking day in the same graduation ceremony and didn't realize it until two days before graduation when I said, oh, yeah, I'm off Wednesday. And Christopher said, I'm off Wednesday, too. And then they were like, oh, yeah, I'm going to my sister's graduation. And I was like, that's so weird. How many grad? Same graduation. Same exact graduation. Literally, exact we time. walked. We Literally, Sam, we literally walked five people, like, different from each other. That's right. Like, Carling walked. And then, like, ten <laughs> people later, I walked. That is Hilarious. the best story ever right that is so fucking cool it mm-hmm. gets better so when proud. i when He's i walked a... <laughs> <laughs> i mean queens is huge yeah it's, it's huge it's a huge school it's huge huge but also the best part of the story was the fact that when i walked across the stage christopher's family actually cheered for me yeah we did it was so cute we had known each other for literally like what was it probably like two months at that point yeah and I had met all of the family in the in the road trip. <laughs> it was so cute. We love that. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, it's like bittersweet about chosen family, though. What? Is like, I think about like who my like I'll say like when I was out west, like who I had made my chosen family there. And then you you and like even for for us, for instance, you know, you lose people in your chosen family, and sometimes that can be rekindled, and sometimes it can't. And like, you have to kind of look at it as like, okay, this was like a growing point, you know? Like I lost someone who was really fucking important to me from out West in this past year. And it's like, wow, that really fucking sucked. Cause this person was like super supportive for a big chunk of my life. Like knew the most about me out of everyone, out of all my friends out West. Um, and uh, last time I saw him, I was like, you are a very toxic being and I do not like this new version of you and uh, kudos to your new friend group that can tolerate this fuckery. That's not me. But then like, I we started talking. I started talking to someone else that I've known for a long time in Barrie. And it's just kind of crazy how it's like this kind of, it's kind of like a cycle, but it isn't. Like you get people in, you, you some people move on and it's always about like growing. And as much as like that person who I'm referring to out West, 
as like shit as that was at the same time like I can still look at the past and be like well I really appreciated this and this was really beautiful and like reminisce the way you guys are about the um the whole queen's graduation which is the cutest thing I've ever heard in my life but and like you know like love that and still enjoy it and still like think of it fondly I don't know it's just it's hard I think that's like difficult because it's like we'll stay with birth family you know it's you can even the same thing happens there too you can think you have the super supportive person in your corner and then you know you come to terms with something and they don't fit into being that supportive person anymore and you have to take it upon yourself to kind of be like gotta remove myself from this Mm -hmm. and it's like fuck it's hard but it's also doesn't negate the good things that have happened do you know what I mean 100% I think I think that's also I don't want to say it's a trait of you know having to to protect yourself as a queer person but to always kind of I mean I trust people way too fast I, I do my mother told me I did when I was nine it's it stayed the same but I would much rather have an open heart and get hurt than block people off unnecessarily and that that's always how I've been and so the the very first person I came out to who helped me stay safe in the closet before until I was ready we're not friends anymore and I've had some really painful breakups that was the worst one um and it kind of happened out of nowhere And it was like that security that that person had brought me for those two years that I was still in the closet. Really, I felt like I had lost a part of myself. But then I was able to, you know, I I was able to come out. I met amazing people. And I think, like, I think I, I believe in reincarnation personally not necessarily when someone dies but when people leave your realm of your like your whatever you want to call it your your existence or your um oh I had such a good word for it the other day of course um like your system like if everyone's a solar system when 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 one person leaves another will show themselves and quite literally in the last six months, I have met someone who reminds me so much of this person, the same kind of infectious, joyous, bubbly energy. They make me a better person. They make me feel safe. They affirm me. Um, and I've kind of get to, I've kind of gotten to see them grow and like come into their queerness as well. So, I mean, it's so hard to get past that initial hurt and to be like, yeah, this was so great. And I learned so much and I know I'm going to be better for it, but it really fucking hurts right now. And when it, when that overlaps with family. Oh no. Like it just how soul crushing it can be. Like, and when you said, you know, it's like you lose a part of yourself. It, it is because you've grown with this person and you know, you've given them a part of yourself that like you you know, is so safe, kind of sacred to you is such a big part of who you are. And then it just not working out or, you know, whatever happens, it, it is like, yeah, I think it's a really, you do kind of lose a piece of yourself in that. It's like a big loss. Yeah. But I think it's also, there's also something so beautiful about 
people either coming into your life for the first time or like reconnecting for this. I had a childhood friend. I dated her older brother. My brother dated her. Like it's very much like small town love triangle. Like it was (laughs) someone definitely wrote it in a script for Fox eventually, (laughs) but um, she came out uh, three years ago and we had always been close and now we're thick as thieves whenever I mean pre-panorama I will have that on the record pre-panorama she would come visit and stay here she'd sleep on our couch we'd go to pride we'd take her to you know drag brunch and everything and you know being able to see the change in our friendship like I have pictures of me holding her I was two when she was born and I have pictures holding her like a few days after the hospital so like we were friends but like this like brand new spark of like hey I see you I choose you you choose me how do we you know hype the heck out of each other for the rest of our lives that's also something that's really I think the straights have no idea what they're missing because I've never met a Chad or a Karen who's got hype people like that absolutely not and if they do And there's probably some splaining to do. Yeah, they got some splaining to do. Let me tell mm-hmm. you. Let me tell you. <laughs> I like stand by like our David's Tea group being like this really amazing group of people. And it's so crazy because like the whole rekindle thing, I think, was Chris and I that in 2020. While like we've kept in contact, obviously, like pretty well. Um like that kind of reignited our friendship on a whole other level. And like, we have a way better understanding than we ever did um, before. I mean, mind you, I think my maturity levels also a big playing card in that. Uh, you guys knew me when I was 20. I was not that I'm far off of that now, uh, <laughs> but my condolence, my apologies that you had to even fucking deal with that but it's just it's I think yeah like I think that kind of was like Chris and I for sure where it's it's like a different understanding than before especially like with Chris furthering their dis- their discovery within themselves I think has also given me the opportunity to look deeper into who I am and what I'm doing and like the support that I get absolutely unfathomable I was upset about something very stupid because of the internet (laughs) listen no before you keep going that is a queer relationship okay platonic whatever the fuck it is a relationship you were emotional about it I'm here for you honey I'm here for you I will never let you I will I'm always here for you still so sad (laughs) absolutely nothing (laughs) Hey, but that's also a queer thing. <laughs> Attachment issues? No, no. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Stop it. Talk to your therapist about that one. But like, <laughs> but like finding people who you connect with on such a deep fucking level about such a singular thing and being like, you accept this part of me, that's it. We're a unit. You showed affection to me once, yeah. I'm stuck. And it... Yeah. It doesn't matter about anything else because it's like, what else are you going to do? You like this. I like this. 
we we are feel safe together that's no but it's like honestly especially social media especially now especially minor things it is queer it is queer tumblr is the original queer space let me tell you it is 100% I'm glad to be back on there me too um but it's oh my gosh maybe I'll reactivate my account do it do it my gosh we'll all be on tumblr together yes I know that y'all have lifted me the hell up. Yeah, I feel a lot better than I did when we, before we started. Oh, that's good. Yeah. This February, January, February has been a tough time. And I don't know if everybody is feeling it. I'm pretty sure they are. I feel like everybody is. But like, this has been wonderful. This has been really wonderful. Love you. Love you both. Um, thank you so much for being on the podcast with us. Um, You are absolutely a friend of the podcast. We will be having you back. I am absolutely positive. We love you. We love you so much. Thank you so much. It's been an honor. It's been our pleasure. That's right. It's true, though. (laughs) No, it's true. (laughs) We love you. We love you.